Hey there, this is AJ. I'm so glad you've joined us today on Faith for My Generation podcast. I want to remind you that our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word, and our mission is to create a resource of teachings that build strong faith in God. You know, that really is my prayer, that as you hear this message today, that the power of God's Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit, will stir up your most holy faith in Him so that you can be a light and a witness and a testimony of the living God in this earth. I pray that this message will richly bless you and increase you in spirit, soul, and in body. Now, let's get to the message. All right. How we doing, everyone? Good day to you. Over here on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram right here. Good to see you virtually. I see some people logging on. Hey, Miss Suzanne. Hope you're doing well today. All right. All right. Hey, it's Friday. Session number five. When you pray. I'm excited for today's teaching. Uh, we're going to be talking about Jesus' model prayer. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes. If you're watching right now, if you would, of course, you know the routine by now. Uh, if you would share the broadcast, like and share. It makes a huge difference on all the uh, social uh, logarithms. Uh, if you're listening to the replay, if you're watching the replay, feel free. Hey, Lar, love you. Um, if you're listening to the replay, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, feel free to go ahead and comment along as well. We go back and we're always checking comments. If you got prayer requests, things like that, at the end of today's teaching, we're going to do what we did yesterday as well. We have the past four days. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take time to pray. And uh, we're going to pray together. So if you have any prayer requests, once we get toward the end, just let me know. Put those in the comment section. And um, if you're listening on the, uh, on the podcast channels, we've got Gospel Tabernacle Church podcast channel and Faith for My Generation podcast channel, wherever fine podcasts are found. If you're listening there, I'm glad you're listening there as well. I know a lot of people listen on those platforms as well. Hey, Mr. Donnie, glad to see you watching today. But like I said, if you're watching, go ahead and hit share. Facebook makes it real easy for you to share. If you're watching on YouTube, glad to have you as well. I think most of the folks right now, I'm just looking. I've got it up over here. Uh, we got one. We got someone over here on YouTube. Everyone else looks like they're on Facebook. So great. Awesome. Awesome. Hope you're having a good Friday so far. All right, I need to, I'm going to take a poll of everyone that's listening. Is it going to snow or not? Because the, the, the forecast keeps changing. The forecast keeps changing, so give me your best guess. What does your gut say? Are we going to get snow, or is it just going to be rain? And do you want snow? Do you want snow? Let me know in the comments. Lars says it's going to snow. So much that it's going to make a two-round circle snowman. Not a three-one, but for South Carolina, I'll take a two-round snowman. Lars thinks it's going to snow. Do you think it's going to snow? Uh, I'm kind of a... I'll wait and see. We'll wait and see what happens. Maybe. Maybe there will be snow. Maybe. I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm almost thinking like, you know, two days ago was what, five inches of snow? Which for South Carolina, I don't know where you're watching or listening from. Most people, you know, that are watching live right now, right, you know, obviously right here in Lawrence. But maybe you're listening to the replay on the podcast or something like that. You're from somewhere where you actually get snow. I need you to understand Five inches of snow is insane. 
people will not know how to drive. People will literally not know what to do with five inches of snow in, in, in the South. It's just, you know, my, it's just, they're not going to get it. They're going to lose their minds. They're going to be flying all over the road, coming back with milk and bread. What we're getting the milk and bread for, no one knows. I haven't eaten a sandwich in like six weeks. I don't know why we're all getting milk and bread. Let's be honest. Half y'all don't cook anyway. <laughs> maybe the milk's for cereal or snow cream. Someone said snow cream. So maybe it's that. All right. Suzanne says it's cold rain. Donnie thinks it's going to be snow and ice. We'll see. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get started. More people are jumping on. If you're just getting on, I just asked, are we going to get snow? Let me know if we're going to get snow. Tell me in the comments if you think we're going to get snow. We're going to get, to get started today. Go ahead and get started. If you've not shared the broadcast, do that. And make sure, you know, whatever you need to do, grab you a Bible. If you're taking notes, take notes. But I'm glad to have you on today. And we're going to talk today about Jesus' model prayer. Of course, if you didn't catch any of the uh, previous five inches of snow would shut down South Carolina for days, Miss Suzanne. You're absolutely right. It would shut us down for days. We wouldn't like, because like the first two days, no one would even care about moving the snow because we haven't seen a good snow in like 12 years. And then when we decided to finally, you know, get out of our houses and go somewhere, uh, you know, we'd have to rely on all the good old boys would pick up trucks and start pushing snow around. That, that's what I think would ha have to end up happening. Uh, but as I was saying, if you miss any of the previous broadcasts, the past four, Monday through Thursday, we've been teaching on prayer. We talked about why prayer is important. Uh, we talked about uh, how to approach God in prayer. Uh, we talked, looking over my notes here, I know it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it, a, lot of, a lot of going in here. So we talked about why prayer is important your authority in prayer, approaching God in prayer, and the God kind of faith. And yesterday's teaching was powerful. Man, I, I, I was blessed from, from doing that myself. That's what's so awesome about the Word of God. You know, the more you study the Word of God, the more you learn, the more you know, the more you get it inside of you, the more it becomes alive to you. And that's how your life is changed. You know, your life is changed when you ingest the Word of God into your spirit. You know, uh, I was talking to my dad just earlier today, and we were talking about the anointing and the the uh, uh, gifts, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and it, it says in the Old Testament that, uh, yeah, that's right, Mister Donnie, call Kellett and son, they'll get you out. Uh, the Old Testament spoke of how Saul that the the Spirit of the Lord came on Saul, and it changed him, and he was as another man. He became another man under the anointing, and that's what happens when you get the Word of God in your heart and you get the Word of God renewing your mind, you become another man. You become another person by the power of God. And in this understanding of prayer, the better grasp and hold you get of the knowledge of God's Word concerning prayer, it's going to take you to a higher level of relationship. At the base of prayer, what is the basis of prayer? Relationship with God. The basis of prayer is relationship with God. Hey, Brother Al, yeah, I need a shovel. <laughs> I'm going to have to borrow a shovel from you. The basis of prayer is relationship with the Father. 
you know, we can, we can do powerful things through prayer. You know, I mentioned John Knox, I believe it was yesterday, that Queen Mary of Scots, Bloody Mary, who persecuted all these Christians. Um, she said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the armies of Europe. Hey, Alex, good to see you on Instagram. He, she said, I fear John Knox and his prayers more than all the armies of Europe combined. Prayer does powerful things. Prayer shakes nations. Prayer changes people. Prayer grows the church. Prayer brings people into the kingdom. Prayer does powerful, powerful things. Martin Luther made a statement. He made the same one of the long, uh, same statements along with prayer as far as, you know, people talk about, well, I don't have enough time to pray. You don't have enough time not to, not to pray. You don't have enough time not to pray. Well, my day is so busy. I just don't have enough time to pray. Martin Luther said, the busier my day is, the more time I've decided to spend in prayer. Because he realized that prayer gets more things done throughout the day. Jesus was that same way. And, and in understanding Jesus' model prayer that we're talking about today, we're going to get to our main text here in just a minute in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at what a lot of people call the Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer, right? It's really the disciples' prayer. Uh, the Lord's Prayer, if you wanted to get right down to the nitty-gritty of it, the Lord's Prayer or the prayer that Jesus prayed for us is John 17. And there's three parts of that prayer that he's praying before he goes to the cross. But Matthew chapter 6, that what we call the Lord's Prayer, is really the model prayer. In fact, from this point forward, never call it the Lord's Prayer again. I know some people are going to look at you funny and they'll think, what are you even talking about, man? I, it's written on all the plaques at Hobby Lobby when you buy it to hang it on your wall. But it's not. It's the disciples' prayer. Matthew 6 is the disciples' prayer. It's the model prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And Jesus, in, this, in his life on the earth, as a man anointed of the Holy Ghost, without measure, he's ministering. He's doing all these mighty miracles. Think about it. He's, he's feeding multitudes. There's food being multiplied. The dead are being raised. The sick are being healed. Devils are being cast out. He's preaching the gospel to the poor. And then the disciples, they, in view of all this, they ask him one question. Luke 11, verse 1. Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to multiply fish and bread. Lord, teach us how to heal the sick. Though he laid hands on them, we see in the, in the Gospels, he lays hands on them and he sends them forth under the power and the anointing and they heal the sick and cast out devils. And they come back and they say, Lord, wow, we went and did all these things you told us we could do. But they didn't say, teach us how to do this. They said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And I'm persuaded the reason they asked Jesus, teach us to pray, is because they saw the connection that Jesus' prayer life produced the power in his life. Jesus' prayer life produced the power in his life. I want you to put in the comment section, I want you to type prayer equals power. For everyone watching, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, prayer equals power. When you go have a hold of that reality that the power of God flowing in my life is directly limited to and correlated and connected to my prayer life, man, that changes your outlook on prayer. Prayer is no longer a chore. Prayer is no longer a chore. 
It's no longer a, you know, just this thing I have to check off. I've got to check this off. Uh, it's not something you have to check off. It's I get to be in the, the presence of the Father. And I get to do work with God. Hey, Rick, good to see you on YouTube. Glad to have you. Prayer is me getting things done with God. You might think, well, no, wait a minute. I, I, I know prayer is important, but what do you mean getting things done with God? Well, notice this. In John 15, John 15, I'm just kind of setting this up today before we get to the model prayer that Jesus taught. John 15, verse 9, or John, excuse me, John 5, verse 19. John 5, verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the, for the Father loves the Son and shows him, notice that, shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Jesus is making a point here. He's saying, I do what I see my Father do. I do what I see my Father do. Jesus does, when he's on the earth in his ministry, he's doing what he sees his Father do. In fact, he says, I can't do anything unless the Father does it. I can do nothing unless the Father does it. And how did Jesus see the Father doing these things? Well, he's, he's Jesus, AJ. He is Jesus. He is the Word become flesh and dwelt among men. He is the Son of God. But on the earth, Philippians 2 tells us, He emptied Himself, He limited Himself as a man to become like a man in his, all its limitations. And He is seeing the will of the Father in prayer. This is why you read, you know, in Mark 1.35, that Jesus went, what rose early in the morning to pray. Or Luke 6, he, he goes off to the mountain, he prays all night. Jesus rises early in the morning to pray. He prays all night. He gets done ministering and then he goes and leaves and prays. He's constantly stealing away time to pray. And what is happening when he's praying? He's getting instructions from the Father. He is seeing what he is to do. He's getting his purpose revealed to him because he does nothing unless the Father shows it to him. He sees the Father do. He only does what he sees the Father do. And the Son also does in like manner. When you go to God in prayer, you're communing with the one who has given you your purpose. When you go to God in prayer, you're communing with the one who gives you your purpose. What, why is prayer powerful? Because when you are in the presence of the Father, He has given you instruction. He's given you revelation knowledge. He is giving you wisdom. He is directing your path. He's directing your feet. He is directing your day. And this is why it's so important that 
it, buy everything. Well, you know, we, we noticed that just a few days ago. Buy everything prayer. Everything by prayer, Philippians 4, 6. We're to do everything by prayer. And this is why the disciples, they got a hold of this. They, they saw how important Jesus' prayer life was. And they made that connection. You know what? All these miracles and these powerful things that we see Jesus doing, it's not by accident. There's something here and it's connected to him praying. We see him. We wake up early in the morning. You know, we get up early getting ready for the day to go eat some breakfast, and we can't find Jesus. And we, when we finally find him, he's off somewhere praying. Or, you know, we're about to go to bed, and we're saying goodnight, everyone, rolling over, getting our mats ready, getting everything ready, wherever they're staying at the time, and they can't find Jesus. They leave Jesus to go get some food. They come back. And he says, I'm not hungry. I've been doing my Father's will. I mean, he's constantly in this time of serving God and praying and getting before the Father. And the disciples made this connection. There's something about Jesus, and it's connected to his prayer life. And they realized prayer equaled power. So they asked Jesus in Luke 11, 1, Lord, teach us to pray. And so he teaches them to pray. And that's what we have in Matthew 6. In Luke chapter 11, we have what we are correctly calling Jesus' model prayer or the disciples' prayer. So let's read. Let's begin at verse 5 and get in our main text. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, the fakers, the pretenders, the wannabes. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. We're not praying to be seen of men. We're not praying to get our reward from man. We want a reward from God. We want to be seen of the Father. Verse 6, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Praise God. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. It's not just for the sake of talking. You're not praying just to hear yourself. You're not praying just to have a bunch of words be rehearsed and think, well, you know, if I make my prayer longer, maybe God will stop and hear me. No, you pray by faith. Verse 8, therefore don't be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now Jesus gives us this prayer, verse 9, in this manner pray. Luke 11, 1, teach us to pray, Lord. And then he says, okay, in this manner, when you pray, pray this way. And I want us to dissect, I want us to dissect and go into this model prayer that Jesus gives us. He answers the question, Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, 
I'll teach you how to pray. And he gives us this outline. He gives us this model of the perfect prayer. And, and notice that Jesus never intended this portion of Scripture, his words, to become the prayer you pray. It's not, Lord, teach us to pray. Okay, I'll give you a prayer to rehearse. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is thy name. Thy kingdom. That's not, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus gives us this model prayer to structure our prayer life off of. When we go before the Lord in prayer, he gives us this model prayer to set up, to structure, to order our prayers, to order our prayer life. It's not, a, it's not to be a carbon copy. It's not for me to say the same exact words. It's not a spell, right? It's not a spell to be rehearsed and bam, then something happens. I'm to take this instruction, this teaching that Jesus gives me, see what he's showing me in these parts of this model prayer and apply it to my prayer life. So let's begin. Teach us to pray, Lord. So the first thing he says in, in the model prayer is our Father. That's the first thing I want you to see. Type in the comment section, Our Father. Put that in the comment section. Type, Our Father. Our Father. Not my Father, not your Father, but our Father. The first thing Jesus shows us is that we're praying to our Father. We, as the body of Christ, we, as the body of Christ, the church, we are all connected. We have the same Lord. We have the same Father. We're praying together. We're connected. We're not alone. We're not doing this alone. We are connected as a spiritual family. We have the same source. We have the same place, the same person that we call on our father and we can see this you know i'm gonna you may have may have seen this before especially my gospel tabernacle folks this is just a really big version of what pastor leon made based on this model prayer and it's powerful if, if you need if you need copies we can run you off copies if you're watching online i'm gonna put i have we have a link to this on our website i'll put it in the comment sections uh, afterwards, after the uh, broadcast is over, I can drop that in the comment section and you can pull it up on your phone and use it. I use this, I've used this every, just about every day when I pray. Um, just as a resource to help. I got it in my iPad and I've hyperlinked the, the scriptures. So if I want to just have my iPad, I can hit it, bring up all the scriptures because he just has all the references connected to the, all these things. And then it's so powerful when you pray through all these scriptures because we learned that the power of prayer is when prayer is based on the Word, right? God answers prayers that are based on the Word 100% of the time. Not 99.9. .9. Not everyone else's prayers but yours. 100% of the time, God answers the prayer based on the Word in faith. Simple as that. That's it. That's the formula for 100% answered prayer. And so pastor created this outline and it's awesome to have but the first thing i want you to see is you have a father in heaven galatians 4 galatians chapter 4 we actually looked at this uh just a few days ago when we were talking about prayer in the first session that the reason we pray is we have a relationship with the father galatians chapter 4 
verse five, verse four, four verse four, Galatians four verse four. We'll get you a copy, Miss Suzanne. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that who were under the law. That's us that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. We're praying to our father. We're not praying to a far-off, untouchable deity. We're not praying to a spook in the sky. We're certainly not praying to dumb idols or carved images. We are praying, or to our own thoughts and imaginations, which is just another form of idolatry. We're praying to God in heaven. We're praying to the Father. We're praying to the creator of the universe. We're praying to the one who knit all things together, yet knows the hairs on the top of your head. So when I'm doing my, when I'm in my time of prayer, and I'm coming before God, the first thing Jesus says is, "You go to your father. You're not going to your cousin Larry. If you got a cousin Larry, no offense. You're not going to friends. You're going to your father." Now that word "father," we see that in verse six of Galatians four, "Abba, Father." By the Spirit of Christ, we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba means literally source, origination. Think of it in this way. You have a father. If you're born, if you're a human, all humans raise their hands. Everyone's raising their hand. By show of emoji hands, are you a human? We may. This could be an intergalactic broadcast. Who knows? There may be some uh, extraterrestrial uh, viewers or listeners. I'm, I'm not opposed to it at all. But if you're a human, you have a father, you have a mother. Every human has a father and mother. And the father is the source or the place where the seed of the child comes. And the seed of the father is, gets connected up with the egg of the woman, we know as you know, biology class, and that produces us, a child. But the father is the source, right? The seed of the father determines the color, you know, whether it's a boy or a girl or all these things that make up and make that egg to produce and become a child. Well, it's the same thing. When we're going to prayer, we're realizing our source is God. I don't have a source anywhere else. My origin, originating point, where I come from, who I'm connected to, is not just some you know, mystical cloud. I'm connected to my Father. I am connected and hooked up with the living God, and he is my father. And that's the first thing Jesus says. When you pray, you pray to your father. You don't pray to your thoughts and imaginations. You don't pray to a good idea. You don't pray to some unnamed God. You don't pray to someone you don't know. You're praying to your father, the one who has birthed you into this kingdom. When you are born again, you have been birthed into the family of God, brought in by the spirit of adoption, and the Father has become your source. The Father of this family, the Father of the kingdom, He has become your source and your originating point. Our Father, next two words, 
in heaven. Our Father in heaven. It's like what the psalmist told us. We look into the hills from where my help comes from. We're not looking to the strength of the arm of man. We're not looking to the strength of a nation. You know, I'm not, I'm, my prayers aren't going to get answered or not answered based on who's in the White House or who's in the governor's mansion or who's in the, who's in the mayor's seat. My, my prayers are going to someone above and beyond this natural world. My prayers are getting connected to the one who is enthroned and seated in heaven. And that requires an intermediary. It requires a go-between. It, it requires a mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. John 16, 23 and 24 tells us that. Jesus says, up to this time, you've not asked anything in my name, but then you will ask in my name the Father what you have need of, and he will give you what you ask when you ask in my name. We're going to the Father who is in heaven. And that keeps us, you know, when you pray like that with that understanding that this world and what I see and what I'm doing as far as life and all this, this is not it's all cracked up to be. There's more to life than the skin I can see. My goodness, you know, people get caught up on the color and pigmentation of people's skin because of hate, because of satanic hate, right? But th there's so much more than whether this is a light version or dark version of skin. There's so much more than the clothes I put on this body, so much more than the food I'm eating, the house I live in. I'm connected to one who is in heaven, and not only am I connected to him, I'm an ambassador. We saw that. I'm an ambassador on his behalf. I'm standing here on the earth doing the will of God on his behalf as if he were here to do it. 2 Corinthians 5.20 As if it were God pleading. That's, we're standing in that behalf. And we're praying to someone who is above all. Above all. You know, I pray this on this prayer guide that Pastor made. There's a particular scripture that I go to every single morning. Second Chronicles 20 verse 6 is what Jehoshaphat was praying to the Lord. And he said, Jehoshaphat said, O, God of our, o Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? When you, you declare that, man, Lord, I thank you. You're God in heaven not God on the earth. You're God and Lord over all. And that takes me into my next point. Jesus, when he's teaching this model prayer, he says, you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, or holy is your name. Jesus shows we enter the presence of God by praise. Praise, worship, adoration, we go into the presence of the Lord with worship. I want you to type this in the comment section. Type, enter in with praise. Enter in with praise. If you're listening on the podcast, just say it out loud wherever you're at. Enter in with praise. Enter in with praise. Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him 
and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Praise gives us access to the presence of God. Praise is the key that opens up the presence of God. The Lord said it. He said that he would inhabit the praises of his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. God dwells in the worship and praise of his people. So when we go to the Lord in prayer, the first thing we do is not rattle off petitions. You should take your petitions to, to God in prayer. In fact, it would be a disgrace and a dishonoring to God to know you have something that God can grant and bring, you, bring into your life, give you, give you wisdom to get, and then you not ask Him to help you receive that. And you not ask Him to bring it into your life. That would be dishonoring. Knowing that He can, but you won't. You should bring your petitions to the Lord, but that's not the first thing you're doing. You don't just walk up to the Father in prayer, Lord, now let, well, you know, here's, here's my list. Da, 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 da. This one I need, this one I need, this one I need. And then the Lord says, oh, hey, nice to see you today too. You come before the Lord in worship. You come before the Lord in praise. And Jesus is saying, hallowed be thy name, or holy is your name, or we magnify your name. And in this, in this model prayer that pastor's broken down that I, I use so much, Again, I'm going to put it in the comment section. That way you can get to it or in the description. I'll do it in a description. That way you can see it. It takes you right to the website. If you want a physical copies, we can get you that as well. Just let me know. But he, he writes down several of these names, many of these redemptive names. But think about it. Jehovah Elohim, God is the creator. Jehovah Elion, God's the most high. Jehovah Shalom, God's our peace. Jehovah Mekadeshkim, the Lord our sanctifier who cleanses, uh, cleans us up. Jehovah Sukunu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Rapha, our healer. Nisi, our victory. Jehovah Shema, the Lord that never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's ever present. Jehovah Roha, the Lord my shepherd. You can begin to worship God. Lord, I thank you. I give you praise. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You're with me. You're my shepherd. You lead me and guide me. Thank you, Lord, for guiding me all my days. Thank you for being my health and my strength and my healer. Thank you for being my provision and providing for me. Thank you for setting me apart, making me holy, even as you are holy, by the blood of Christ. Thank you for making me your righteousness in Christ Jesus. And you just begin to worship God. You begin to give God praise and glory and declare him as who he is in your life. And as you do that, think about that. Yesterday we talked about the God kind of faith you have to have in prayer. As you do that, you'll build your faith in God because faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And you're just rehearsing. You're speaking God's word back to him and it's building up your most holy faith. Amen. And so Jesus is saying, you don't just walk up to the Lord and start rattling off petitions. That's what, he didn't do that. He went before the Lord in worship. Think about it. When he's outside the tomb of Lazarus, when he's outside the tomb of Lazarus, he begins to worship God, and he does it this way. He says, Lord, I thank you that you hear me. In fact, you always hear me. But the reason I'm saying this out loud is so that everyone around me will know that you sent me. Lord, I thank you that you hear me, and you always hear me. 
You know, that would be a good praise. That would be a good praise report to bring before the Lord in prayer every time you pray. Every time you begin to pray, Lord, I thank you that you hear me. I thank you that you always hear me. That would be a good praise habit, wouldn't it? So the next thing we see here, we go before the Father who is in heaven with worship. Now, what is the first thing we petition God? What is the first thing we ask the Father? What is the first demand of faith that we make? All right? Verse 10 of Matthew 6, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. The very first thing we ask God to do is His will. That's what we want. We want the will of God. I want you to put that in the comment section. I want you to type out, I want the will of God. I want the will of God. Type that out. I want the will of God. You want the will of God in your life because the will of God tells us in Jeremiah 29, he said it. My will, my, my desire, my plans are to prosper you and to give you a good end. And we can, and that's the general plan, right? What's the will of God? It's John 10, 10. For the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. That's the will of God. God's will is to give you life and give it to you abundantly. Give it to you abundantly. I want the will of God in my life. That's what I want. And you might think, well, you know, I've, but I've got some serious needs, AJ. I mean, I've got some real serious things that I need God's help with. We're going to get there. But the first thing you petition God, the first thing you give heavenly license for, excuse me, you give earthly license for heavenly interference is the will of God. And what you're doing is you're using a kingdom principle. Jesus is instructing you how to pray so that you will enact a kingdom law, which is the kingdom first law. I just made that up, that title. It is the kingdom first law. It's the kingdom first law. Matthew 6.33, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Jesus is telling them, look at the birds in the sky. You see, they don't fret or worry about anything. Look at those in the, the flowers and the grass and the fields. The, does the flowers worry about anything? Does the animal life worry about anything? They just do what they were purposed to do by God, and they know God takes care of them. They're not out. You know, you don't see a, a red robin or the, the winter. Is it a red bird, I guess? Is the gone is the red bird? Here's the new bird today, something like that, walking in winter wonderland. Got snow on the mind. But you don't see a bird outside with a, you know, looking for work. We'll work for bird seed. No, man, it's just out flying, it's chirping, it's making nests, it, it finds food, it eats food. You, the Lord provides. And this kingdom first law is this. If I'll put God first, if I'll put God first in every area of my life, He'll provide everything I have need of. He will not forsake me. He will not let me down. Put that in the comment section. God will not let me down. 
God will not let me down. It's the kingdom first law. It is the kingdom first law that when you put the kingdom first, God will take care of you. God will make sure. God will be no debtor to any man or woman. You're not going to, uh, God's not going to owe you something. You're not going to do something for the Lord and then and the Lord just says, I'm going to have to get you back on the other side of attorney. I'll, I'll help you out on the other side. Right now, you know, I, I can't quite make it up to you. You're not, God will be no debtor to any man or woman. If you put his will and his kingdom and his church and the work of the gospel first, even in your prayer life, he will answer prayers that you may not have even, have even prayed yet. He will do what he will fight for you when you put his kingdom first. It's in the Old Testament too. Proverbs 11:24. There's one that scatters yet increases more, and there's one that withholds more than is righteous, but it leads to poverty. The generous or the liberal soul shall be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. When we go to God in prayer, and this involves, you know, praying for people, intercessory prayer. I'm, I'm of the persuasion and I have the habit. I always pray kingdom prayers first. I always pray for my church first, for ministries first, for my church family, for the body of Christ and my nation. And then I pray for other people that I know specific things they're dealing with. I pray for them first. I pray for everyone else first. I pray for my wife before myself. I pray for my daughter before myself. I pray for everyone else first. I get done worshiping God, then I'm praying for other people. I'm praying the kingdom agenda first. And then, once I pray the kingdom agenda, the, and, and I use the kingdom first law in my prayer life, then I get to something for me then I get to what I have need of. And let me tell you something. By the time you get to that point, you're so charged up. You're so filled up with faith and fire, man. You feel like you could just go run a marathon. Once you get done through that process of worshiping God, and then you're praying the will of God concerning the kingdom of God on the earth, man, it, it just fires you up. And you've, you've charged up your faith. And you've done good work in prayer. And this is the model prayer Jesus is showing. Worship the Lord, come to the Father, worship Him, pray for the kingdom, pray that the will of God be done on the earth. And we see so many prayers. Again, it's just, I'm just hitting high points here. Because you can, I mean, you can get prayers for my family, prayers for the lost. You know, I, I made a, a prayer outline as well uh, last year. I got one side's prayer for the church, other side's prayer for the evangelism of the world. You know, it's about nine scriptures on each side that make up prayers. You, you can just go through the Bible and just find so, just there's just thousands of prayers that the Lord has given us by his wisdom that we can pray and see it come to pass on the earth. But once you get to that point, the next thing you're going to pray is give us. I want you to put in the comment section, give us, give us. Give us. There's four of these that you're going to see. The Lord's, Jesus is going to teach us. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. It's proper, it's right for you to ask God for what you have need of. 
Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. God is a good father. He will not let you go without if you ask him. We must ask. We must ask God for what we have need of. Book of James chapter 4 tells us, we have not because we ask not. I don't know why God doesn't answer my prayers. Have you actually prayed those prayers? Are they just thoughts? Are they just complaints? Or have you went to God in faith and asked him, Lord, this is what I have need of. This is my daily needs. What, what is give us this day our daily bread? Think about what that, that implies. That's a phrase. He's not literally saying, Jesus isn't literally saying, I have given you authorization to pray for bread and that's it. Literal bread. Think about what take what what do you have to have to have daily bread? Let's think about the actual loaf of bread. You've got to have whatever grain you're going to use. You've got to have what? Is it eggs, some water? I've seen Laura make bread, but I didn't watch. Was maybe there's some milk in it? You have to have multiple ingredients. I know this. You're going to have to have a way to cook the bread. You've got to have bowls and spoons to make the bread. You've got to have time to mix all that up and let it rise. Maybe even put it in the fridge for a little bit, let it rise. Some Yeast, yeah, yeast, you gotta have yeast in there unless it's gonna be flat. And then you've gotta cook it. You've gotta have containers to put the dough in. You've gotta have a rolling pin to roll it out. Imagine all these things necessary to make good old fresh homemade bread. Jesus is saying here, you ask the Father for what you have need of. Ask him. Verse 8, we read it every day this week. The Father knows what you have need of before you even ask. So you ask Him, Lord, this is what I have need of, and God will give it. He will provide it for you. He will give it to you. He will show you. And now oftentimes, look, it is far better. I've prayed these prayers. You know, if you're, if you're praying for finances, it is totally scriptural to believe God for money. Because he's not ignorant. God's not stupid. Some people act like God's oblivious. Uh, Lord, I, I, I know I, it's kind of weird to ask for money, but you know, down here we kind of have to use uh, dollar bills to buy stuff. Uh, is it all right? I mean, I, I'm kind of running low, and I, I need some more money to pay my house so I won't get it foreclosed on and, and pay the electric bill. God's not stupid. He knows you need money. He, it, it is scriptural to ask God for what you have need of, including money. But I tell you what, maybe, here's a thought, the wisdom of God is, Lord, I don't, you know, give, bring in this money supernaturally somehow, but rather, Father, give me, an, give me an idea that will produce hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. Give me a Holy Ghost anointed idea. What is something I can make, I can write, I can produce? I can employ. What is a problem that I can solve? What is a business that I can run? What is something people hate to do and will give me money to do it and I can do it well? And that's the answer to prayer. But but don't, that's just a side note there. Don't 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 think it's wrong to ask God. You're, you're happily employed. Lord, I'm believing for a raise this year. In Jesus' name. All the prices of I'm not complaining, Lord, but you can see it's apparent. 
all the pricing on everything is going up. I'm not going to make the same amount while prices go up. That just means my dollar became less valuable. In Jesus' name, I believe this year I'm going to advance and abound. And I'm believing God for a 17% overall raise. I'm believing for a 23% raise this year. I'm believing to make four, you know, uh, to make two times as much money I made this year. And then God will give you ideas. He'll give you an action plan. But don't be afraid not to ask. Don't not ask God. He knows what you need of, but you must ask because Matthew 7 tells us that when we ask, we receive. Meaning that if you don't ask, you won't receive. Ask and it shall be given unto you. But if you don't, it won't be. That's faith. Asking is faith. The next thing Jesus says in Mark, or excuse me, Matthew 6, verse 12. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, at the end of this, of this prayer, Jesus says in verse 14 and 15, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness is a sin. Type in the comment section, forgive us. Forgive us. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. We're on forgive us. Jesus just made a point here. Unforgiveness keeps people out of heaven. There's no other way to say that. Some people say, well, that's just, you know, they got a little bit of hardness of heart. You could have hard, uh, hardness of heart is sinful. You can't have unforgiveness and be forgiven by the Father. That's blows my mind. I mean, you know, not that I can't believe it, but like, my goodness, Lord, never let unforgiveness be in my heart. Father, if there's ever unforgivingness, unforgivingness encroaching upon my heart, Lord, rebuke me, chasten me, discipline me, and don't hold back because I don't want anything to keep me from being in a place to receive mercy from the Father. And, and 1 Peter 3, 7 tells us this. Now, now this is going to say husbands. Now, you husbands listening here, you're going to, you, you might catch a little, a little bit of fire right here, but it, it's a general principle. I can't get my prayers answered if I don't have good relationships in the sense of if, if, I'm, if I have hate for people in my heart, I'm not going to get an, prayers answered. And we're going to talk about next week, all next week, of course, Monday through Friday, 12 to 1, we're broadcasting again, finishing up. Next week is our second and last week of this series, When You Pray. And we're going to talk about hindrances to prayer. But 1 Peter 3, 7, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. There are things that will hinder your prayers being answered. And one of them is having hatred toward another person. And that's what unforgiveness is. When it comes right down to it, unforgiveness is hatred toward someone. So forgive us. Now, the next thing, Matthew 6, 13, Jesus says, and do not lead us into temptation. Type in the comment section, lead us. Lead us. The next thing Jesus teaches them to pray is, do not lead us into temptation. Now, what is that asking? Well, that means God's just sitting up in heaven and he can't wait to make you tempted so you can sin. That's not what Jesus is saying here. 
Jesus is teaching you and me to ask the Father for wisdom. He's at, we are to ask the Father for wisdom. Lord, lead us. Lead us in such a way that we won't be tempted. I've prayed this prayer so many times. So often I pray it to the Lord. Lord, lead me. Direct my footsteps. Direct my path. Because if you lead me, you will lead me away from temptation. And then I make this point. And Lord, if I'm not tempted, I won't sin. I say that all the time. Lord, lead me from temptation. Because if I'm not tempted, I won't sin. Temptation is sin in seed form. And if the seed is never planted, I won't act on it. I don't want to be tempted. <laughs> now, there is a testing and a trial of the faith, which does perfect us, but it doesn't mean I'm thoroughly looking for a trying by fire, though there may be a trying by fire. You know, I'm thinking about our precious brothers and sisters in Canada and Australia, even some states in America, you know, with these tyrannical, wicked governors and leaders and prime ministers that think, you know, God died and left them in charge and that they can shut down the church. My, 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 my. What, that's a trying by fire. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when they militarize the police and send them into to, to good godly people's homes and their crime against their country was you went to church? I don't want to be tested by fire. But I pray if I am, and I believe I am, you as well, I'll come out precious like gold. Amen. But I pray that, Lord, Lord, if I'm not tempted, I won't sin. Lead my path. I don't want my, do not allow my humanly wisdom to guide my feet to places where temptation lives. Direct my feet the opposite direction of the pitfalls that Satan has laid out. Let the snares and pitfalls of Satan fall on himself, but not me. Now, last thing I want you to put in the comment section today is deliver us. Deliver us. Matthew 6, 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. I want you to see this. Matthew 26, and we're coming to a close. It's 1257 I'm coming up right on the one o'clock hour. If there's anything that you have that you need a prayer request for, go ahead and put it in the comment section. If, I, if you want us to stand and believe with you for anything that you're praying for, go ahead and put it in the comment section now. As we come to a close, we're going to be praying in just a minute. Matthew 26, verse 40 says this. Jesus made this point. Then he came to the disciples, and he found them sleeping, and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me or pray with me for one hour? Notice this, verse 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus is saying here, if you will stay prayerful, you will stay sinless. But prayerlessness, the lack of prayer, prayerlessness produces sinfulness. A, a weak prayer life makes sin strong 
in the life of a believer. The pull of sin, the tempting work of Satan, the attack of the enemy becomes stronger in, a, in, a, in the life of a believer when that believer's prayer life is weak. Because when your prayer life's weak, you're dropping the shield of faith. But if you keep your prayer life strong and you're praying and watching, you won't fall into temptation. Deliver us. And that's the prayer. And then Jesus finishes it up. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. He finishes this. Now, you started off with worship. You've prayed the will of the Father. You're asking, Lord, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Now you close this off with more worship, more praise. It's coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. In other words, it's a preemptive thanks for the answered prayer that's coming your way. It's being proactive. You're being proactive when you finish this way and say, Lord, I'm giving you thanks and glory and praise now because I know the answer's on the way. Because yours is the power. You have all power. Yours is the kingdom that cannot be shaken. And yours is the glory. I'm going to return all the glory to you for the answered prayer that I know is on its way. And that brings us to the end of Jesus' model prayer. Again, there's so much here. There is so much here. That's just a brief overview. I hope it blessed you. I hope you enjoyed it. One, a wonderful viewing audience today. Thankful to have you all on today. Again, remember, next week, Monday through Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Monday through Friday, five more sessions, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. on Facebook, YouTube and my personal Instagram over here. And then later on, the replays are on the podcast channels. Make sure to join me all next week. And here's we've got a lot more people on right now. I asked this question at the beginning of the broadcast. Is it going to snow? Before we pray, I need to know. Go ahead and vote. Oh, that's right. Laura, I've got to give away a book. I've got to give away a book. This book, and Miss Shirley Cook, if you're still watching, I got your message. These are the books you're talking about. I'm going to have two of them for you. This book goes to Kim Crane. She did a lot of sharing this week. So how did Kim Crane win this book? I'll make sure to get it to you, Kim, when I see you. How did she win this book? She shared the broadcast. Next week, I got another copy. I'm going to give this one away next week as well. How can you get into the drawing to win this book? I'm enticing you by sharing the broadcast. That's how you're going to win it. All right, I see some people. Miss Sarah says, yes. Any other snow? Is there going to be snow? Or is it just going to be rain? Is it just going to be rain? I heard Rick say Wednesday night he thinks it's just going to be rain. Unless his thoughts have changed. All right, we're going to pray before we close. I went over. It's 101, but we've got to pray. There's no reason for us to do all this teaching on prayer and then us uh, not use it. Hey, there you are, Kim. Awesome. I'll get that book to you. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Again, I'm going to put these link. I'll put the link to this in the description for today's broadcast, and I can have more of those printed out and copied for you uh, next time I see you at church, Miss Suzanne, and anyone else that might need them. Let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, a lot of different prayers the Lord's been laying on my heart, and I want us to pray Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. I want us to pray that prayer. I want us to pray, wherever you're at, join me in prayer for our church, Gospel Tabernacle, for the body of Christ in Lawrence County, for the body of Christ, the church in America, and the church across the, the world, in all the nations of the earth. I want us to pray that the Spirit of God would empower us in our hearts to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. I want us to pray that we would understand by the Spirit the love of Christ. And I want us to pray that we would be filled with the fullness of God. Those three points. Let's go to God before prayer. Father God, I come before you, Lord, and I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you honor. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your power and your might, Lord. Truly none is like unto you. None compares to you, Father God. You are seated on a high throne, and none come close to you in power and majesty. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you hear us, and you always hear us. Because when we pray, we pray by faith. Lord, we're believers and not doubters. We believe you've said what you desired in your word. And so we bring your word before you and bring your will before you, knowing that you hear us. And if you hear us, Father, we thank you that you've answered the prayer because we pray believing that we receive in Jesus' name. Father, it's our prayer that Christ would dwell in our hearts richly, dwell in the hearts of believers in this church, in the body of Christ in Lawrence County, in the body of Christ in the nation of America and the nations of the earth, Lord. Let the love of Christ root us and ground us in you, Father God. Let your love, the unshakable, unchanging, holy, cleansing love of God be made alive more than ever in our hearts, Lord. May we understand, not with our mental mind, but with the knowing of our heart and spirit, by the revelation, knowledge, and wisdom of the Holy Spirit, let us comprehend the love of God that is above all knowledge, beyond all knowledge, Lord, and fill us with the fullness of God. Lord, fill us with the fullness of you, Lord. Let the fullness of who you are be in us as a vessel. Lord, flow through us, mightily flow through us, Lord. And Lord, let your love work in us a perfect faith, for faith worketh by love. Lord, let no points of unforgiveness be in our hearts. Lord, if there's anything hiding out in our hearts, our emotions, our thoughts, and our thinking that is contrary to your truth, that would foster unforgiveness. Root it up in Jesus' name and let the love of God constrain us unto righteousness, empower us unto holiness. And may we see our church family and the people in this world dying and lost through the lens of your love to care for, to honor, to be kind and merciful toward one another and to lend out and give out a hand of mercy in saving faith that we might save many 
from the fires of hell, Lord. Shake this church. Shake the church of Lawrence County. Shake the church of America with the fullness of God. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. If you believe that, won't you type amen in the comment section? Let me know that you agree with that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Prayed myself happy. Man, I hope you have an awesome, awesome rest of the day. Hey, all right. What a wonderful, y'all have been so interactive today. I see on my side, we just hit 100 chats, 100 messages in the Facebook and YouTube chats. So, hey, thank y'all for studying along with me. I pray in Jesus' name that y'all have a blessed Friday. And, uh, hey, I guess maybe I'll see a lot of y'all on Sunday. Should I wear my snow boots? No, nah, I'm not going to wear my snow boots. I think I'm about to wear my galoshes for the rain. I don't know. I don't know. Miss Barbara Rosenthal, she's on here. Her and Brother Lewis, they know what real snow looks like. Snow, they, you know what real snow looks like. I was just saying earlier in the broadcast, Miss Barbara, you know, two or three inches of snow down here in the south, it's just going to do us in for a couple days. We just don't know what to do. But I'll break out the sled. If the snow comes, I'm going to break out the sled. But nonetheless, I'm going to see you Monday here on the broadcast, 12 p.m., Gospel Tabernacle YouTube, Gospel Tabernacle Facebook, personal Instagram. Thankful for y'all. I pray you have a wonderful weekend. God bless you. Hey, I want to say thank you for joining me on this episode of Faith for My Generation podcast channel. Please do us a favor. Leave a five-star review. It helps us get this message of the gospel and the word of God out in front of more people. It really does help. And until next time, remember, we are the faithful. God bless.